This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. but we are just getting started talking about it here on Post Show Recaps. That's right. It's full spoiler recaps where we binge a new season of a show every week and chat about it in full spoilery detail in just one podcast. I'm Jess Sterling. Today we are discussing fellow travelers and I'm joined here by my co-host Grace Leader, my fellow traveler along this podcast. Grace, how are you? I'm good, Jess. You didn't tell me this was a gay show. (laughs) Oh, is that a problem, Grace? Oh, man. Um, no, this it was delightful. Sad, it, sad. It was everything, though, Grace. Because you you love you love sad things. Uh, I do love sad. You love things. tragic things. Yeah. This this was everything. I've said to you, I feel like at least five times um, mm-hmm. since since we agreed to watch this. I'm like, I love I love it though. I yeah. I loved watching this. I'm honestly shocked more people aren't discussing it. Um. I don't know if it's uh, no because Showtime like Yellow Jackets really took a, was a buzzworthy uh haha show. Uh-huh. Uh I don't know if it's because it's like a Showtime show and like we talked about this on podcast before Grace about how Showtime's the, the way they drop their episodes are a bit strange where they drop them to like stream on Friday and then they air again on like a Sunday. Uh-huh. I don't know if that's why people I don't know why aren't people talking about this show Grace? Well, you say this, and I haven't really told you this, but but it, on my in my bubble, people are talking about this show. Uh, I think people in our uh, it's not really people in our Discord, uh, you know, are the usual crew of people that we might interact with. But I I think in in my Twitter sphere, like there are people talking about the two of them, um, uh, in in Matt Bomber and um, Jonathan Bailey. Yeah, Jonathan Bailey went to the the Maestro premiere together. Uh, they went and Maestro uh, is another movie that has uh, a bit of a. They're they're not together. Matt Bomber is married. I'm just. I want them that. to be together though, Grace. No, no, but, that's the thing. No, but Matt Bomber is. I think been married for well, yeah since 2011. I'm like so happy for him, but also <laughs> um, if they could just be together in real life. I would be so happy. 
Well, I think they also have like many children together, Matt Bomber and his, his husband. Like Great they're they're fine. real. Yeah. Um, so I yeah, it, it has been a little buzzer, but again, I feel like that's like uh, you know, in the world in which like television works at the moment, which is that nobody watches things at the same time. I don't think this show has been like everybody is watching it and you and you didn't see that. I don't think that's true. Like my Twitter, we're talking about this the other day. I would love to leave Twitter. I, I would absolutely mm -hmm. love it. Um, I've noticed like my ads recently have been so horrifically like awful that I hate them. I hate what I'm seeing yeah. on Twitter. And then every tweet I like, I'll like look and I'll be like, normally I like look at the replies. And in the past, it's like, let me see what funny thing someone said. That was typically the yeah. top reply. Now it's like, oh, that one is racist or sexist or homophobic. Yeah. Um, so Twitter sucks. And I would love to leave it. Here's the thing. My Twitter algorithm is so perfectly designed for yeah. me. It is perfect. And what I would actually love to do is I I do I can't, I like the FOMO of leaving Twitter and not being chronically online scares me. If someone could just like take my Twitter account and like put it on another platform and like, you know, on threads and just have it be everything mm -hmm. I need to see. Great. Um, but I would say part of that is that my, my feed is somewhat queer. And so I do think that there have been people who have been delighting in the show, but also kind of the same feeling of like, this show's really good. Like, why aren't people talking about it? And yeah. then fawning over Matt Bomber and Jonathan Bailey. I just, yeah. here's the thing okay so for those who like are just listening to the podcast because they like to listen to us talk and they didn't actually watch the show it's like a historical romance thriller politics woven in as well it's a mini series which i also there's something so delightful about a mini series i wish more things were made into a mini series because i love knowing that something is done and over mm -hmm. with and i'm like i have one season to watch and right. then that's the entirety of the story i don't have to worry about oh my gosh is it going to get renewed am i going to be left on this like cliffhanger right it's delightful it's based off of a novel uh by thomas Mal Malin, i think his name is um and they could not have picked two more attractive men to play this these roles yeah. uh it's the chemistry is there. I also am someone who um I'm like really bad with history, notoriously mm -hmm. bad with history. I try not super hard, but I, I did try when I was in school. Mm -hmm. Dates, names, they don't stick in my brain. I really, really struggle with it. So I enjoy like, uh, you know, like the entertainment fiend I am. I enjoy getting my historical information through shows like this where they're set and it's super, super relevant in like a very specific time period. Mm -hmm. And obviously these, these characters, you know, Hawk and Tim weren't, you know, they're not real people. Um, but we're viewing history through their eyes and their experiences. And that is something that I love Grace because you really like you're, you're sympathetic to them and it really, mm -hmm. you're emotionally invested in the history at the same time. Um, so I really, really enjoyed that aspect of the show. Yeah. What I think that this show does well, there is a, a, a degree to which this show does feel like a bit of a throwback. And, and I, I want to say, I do really like this show. I do think though, to a degree, this is a, so, so interestingly, because I, there has been, I think a movement in queer storytelling to try to avoid some of not avoid but let media be more than what um we we sometimes the way we tell queer stories right mm -hmm. which is um struggling to come out hiding your identity uh being depressed etc and it's not that those stories don't exist and i actually still think this type of show 
can have a place uh, in our like media landscape, specifically the queer media landscape, because there's so much else um, that we can be focusing on as well. There's another historical sort of queer movie that came out is actually produced by the Obamas. It's called Rustin. I, I think some people have found that to be a little bit like tame compared to what it could be, but um, uh, certainly the performance of Domingo Coleman who is queer himself playing um, uh, Byron Rustin, who led the March on Washington in the 60s, uh, came out on Netflix recently. I think it's well worth uh, a watch. Specifically, if you like liked this, you might be interested in sort of mm -hmm. um, uh, the queer history. Um, and that's of like a black gay man, right? So I don't know. There's like this other this other stuff. So I, I did enjoy this, but also want to note that like it, it certainly like it's of two gay white men. It's like, you know, and, yeah. and certainly... Um, like this is full spoiler recap, so I will say, but like, you know, it does end, you know, the, it's trying to weave hopefulness um, and tragedy. And, and the thing that I think, you know, I do think to a degree we had moved to a place where we were hopefully we could have, you know, all sorts of queer media. The unfortunate piece is that like what this show is telling us is that in the 50s, the government institutionalized homophobia to be able to like for people to protect their own interests right. um and that was the thing that happened and that's happening now you look at all the like and it's happening much more uh it's still happening to queer people there's also a lot of anti-trans legislation happening yeah. but like uh, there's a lot of this happening in the government right now where people are trying to um return to you know it's like the idea uh, there's a, a really great tiktok that i've seen go on where um these people who will go to like trump rallies will go and be like when when was america great like the slogan is like make america great again and they'll be like oh i th i think like you know the 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 40s or the 50s or whatever and you're like but there was like segregation they're like yeah, oh well yeah. except for that or they're like well i think the 1820s like well women couldn't vote and it's like well you know the founding of the of the of of the constitution like oh but black people were enslaved and it's like they're like there's no actual time where america yeah like, let's go to the future instead please <laughs> that's right let's make a new future where people are, are free so i do think there is a degree at which like the show comes out at a at a time and and while it i think does like if i think about some of the critiques i could have of this show mm -hmm. and again i really liked it i loved it a lot but it, it is it's not completely a new story there are some new spins of course yeah from this story it is a story we see about queer people a lot and one that is arguably like pretty sad at the same time like basically i think what the show is trying to say is that like let's not do this again we're like hawk and tim have to go through their lives yes never really ever being able to be together and then ultimately one being completely ignored by society and government and basically dying as a result and the other one having to live with that sadness of regret um so that's why i think like, like there is i think a place for this type of story mm -hmm. on tv now yeah 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 um okay before we get too far into this because i could i could really just like go on, like yes. so many things um yes. don't forget to subscribe pushrecaps.com slash full spoiler recaps and of course see everything we have going on pushrecaps.com slash subscribe of course it's the end of the year so we have our 2023 in review series happening check that out make sure you do the survey uh to see to, to let your voice be heard on the top 10 shows of the year um but uh and of course if you if you didn't already watch this and you do want to do it now that we've intrigued you enough you could see it on showtime slash paramount plus it's also available there as like an add-on um so that's all the setup we need grace do you want to give us a quick pot recap of because this this is a 
it's a complicated story. It also spans multiple decades and, you know, yeah. the timeline is pretty vast. So would you like to give us a little quick pot recap on what happened? Yeah. So the show follows Hawkins, a.k.a. Hank Fuller and Tim Laughlin through their tumultuous relationship. And so while the show does move around in the timeline for the sake of recapping the show, I'm going to keep things chronological. So they meet in the 19, early 1950s, believe it's 1953, at a party. Both work in the government, and Hawk gets Tim a job working for Joseph McCarthy to spy on him, as Joseph McCarthy is leading efforts to remove communists and subsequently queer, uh, well, gay and lesbian men, a uh, gay, gay and lesbian, sorry, from the government. The relationship struggles as Tim wants more from Hawk. He wants them to be able to be fully in a relationship, but Hawk knows the reality of 50s America during the Lavender Scare. Again, an effort to seed out gay and lesbians from working for the government over fear that they will be susceptible to blackmail. Tim also struggles with his sexuality due to his relationship with religion and God. Hawk is pressured into betrothing Lucy, the daughter of his former boss, a senator, to keep up appearances. Ultimately, Tim knows he must leave Hawk. He enlists in the army to get away from him, but when they meet up years later, Hawk does get Tim a job, and the two share a night together in Hawk's secret apartment. But knowing this could cost him his career, Hawk reports Tim, barring him from being able to work for the government and potentially saving Hawk from any suspicion. We also follow Marcus Hooks, who's a black gay journalist, um, as, with his relationship with Frankie, who is a, a drag queen, um, as they struggle being together over the course of this time period um, um, as well, mostly in Frankie's being a little bit more uh, effeminate, Marcus worrying about what his family would think of them being together, but ultimately seemingly they do have a relationship over the years. Um, Hawk and Tim meet again uh, when Tim is a priest and he is nearly arrested for burning Vietnam draft cards. Tim hides away at Hawk's cabin where Tim meets Jackson, Hawk's son. Jackson is struggling to connect with his family and so Tim tries to reunite the, the two and create a connection between Jackson and his father specifically. Years later, Tim sees that Hawk is living on Fire, Fire Island and is estranged from his family, mostly due to the fact that his son Jackson ultimately died from an overdose. Tim tries to get Hawk to reconnect with his family and keep living, but when that fails, they basically both drink and do drugs. When Hawk's new fling, Greg, tries to bring up Jackson, Hawk freaks out and needs to be consoled by Tim. Hawk does eventually return to Lucy, and he prepares for his dream posting in Milan as the two of them are together. Their daughter has uh, a couple of grandkids that are roaming about the house as well, but Hawk learns that Tim might be dying and goes to visit him. Lucy secretly follows him to San Francisco, where she learns that Hawk has decided to try to take care of an ailing Tim. Knowing that he only has so long to live, Tim tries to pressure Hawk to use his power and influence to advocate for the government to acknowledge the AIDS crisis. While Hawk initially says no, Lucy tells him she's leaving him. Um, he ultimately relents, and they get a meeting at a party, but Tim knows his own advocacy is not enough. Instead, they stage a protest at the gala with Frankie and Marcus. A few years later, Tim has died, um, and Hawk visits the AIDS quilt memorial in Washington, D.C., and he tells his daughter that Tim was more than his friend. And that's basically what happens on Fellow Travelers. With a lot more time <clears throat> shenanigans, Jess. Yeah. Um, this was incredible. I, I loved the way this the story was told, where we are kind of flashing in different decades. Obviously, we start with them meeting, and it's it's during like McCarthyism. Like it's just like this massive, massive uh scary thing. You know, they have uh, I really also enjoyed that it wasn't just hawk and tim as the central characters like you said grace they're two white men you know i really enjoyed the addition of 
Marcus and Frankie and their story because we also get the uh, I think his name is Luke who's the homeless boy who who moves in with him I, I thought that for the most part the Marcus stuff is is like, there's not a ton there but I do think the stuff is really effective at the end when they take in the homeless boy that homeless boy seeing them to get like Marcus yes. and and Nathan having a relationship yeah. yeah and I think it's it's interesting because you know it's it's not just that he that Marcus is gay he's also black in a time where it's like I mean anytime really currently honestly in America it's dangerous and scary um and I I really loved that it was almost like a parallel story of like Hawk and Tim and Marcus and Frankie but Marcus and Frankie end up being like this is what Hawk and Tim could have had you know they end up together they have an apartment together they're living together they're living out you know what I mean they're out of the closet they're together as a couple and it's always like something that you want for Hawk and Tim and Tim seems you know eventually it takes some time but he wants to be an out couple with hawk hawk is just unwilling he has almost this like set of rules that he lives his life by in order to be careful and survive and not only that but the biggest reason it seems that hawk doesn't uh come fully out until way later in his life is it's you know he has a government job and that mm-hmm. is where it's like of the utmost importance that you hide your sexuality because basically they're they're hunting down people who they describe as deviants um, in the system. And we see like, you know, Hawk has to do a whole lie detector test and he has to like figure out a way to beat the lie detector test. It's it's really awful. Um, but what I what I really loved about first of all, the acting in the show, I thought was 10 out of 10. I thought yeah, Matt, I Matt Bomer and Jonathan Bailey were incredible um their chemistry is off the charts and i i mean i think all of us are kind of like i love tim so much it's it's so obvious that he is the one that we should be wanting to root for and it's so obvious why they had him be the character uh who gets sick and and ultimately dies and it's because there are so many times grace in this in this series where I'm unhappy with Hawk and his actions, right? Mm -hmm. Like the choices he makes, you understand why he makes them because he's scared and he's self-conscious and he has all of these outside pressures on him. But still you look at little baby Tim and you, all you want is for him and Hawk to be together. And Tim just like, cannot stay out of Hawk's orbit. He just, it's like a beacon. He just keeps getting called back to him. So it really is like a, and a star-crossed lover type of story that isn't always happy, but because of the chemistry between the characters and just how endearing Tim is, it's so hard to not want to root for them, you know? Yeah. Um, I No, I agree. I think the acting is really good. I mean, obviously, I think the two of them are really good, but I do think Jelani Aladdin, uh, Linus Roach, who plays... Um, uh, Senator Wellesley, uh, or uh, Smith, Allison Williams is Lucy Smith. No, Jay Ricketts is Frankie Hines. Like they're all really good. I thought uh, yeah. I'm a big fan of Chris Bauer, uh, who, uh, who, who I, I covered in the show heels. Uh, he's one of my favorite parts that he's, he's playing Joseph McCarthy there, um, which I, I think is a good, good performance. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, I mean, it, it is, it's ultimately a tragedy, but I do think this show also does try to have a lot of queer joy in there and i do think like yeah the scenes with like you know um hawk and tim 
are often very spicy. Um, this is uh, quite the... the yeah. yeah. If you like nudity and sex scenes and also politics, do I have the show for you? Yeah, put them all in a blender. <laughs> it's called Fellow Travelers. A lot of butts, a lot of peens, a lot of just... I mean, a lot of butts. When they were dancing yeah. naked together, I was like, holy butt. Yeah. Like, yeah. again... Yeah. Two most attractive men they could find yeah. to play these yeah. characters. Yeah, um, and uh, and and so yeah, there there is tried like these moments of like just why they are pulled together so often. I I don't know whether I loved the choice to cut back and forth in time. I actually had to message you being like, wait, like because uh, like when when the scene in episode one when he learns that. Um, tim is sick i think i just missed that those were his grandkids and i thought that they were his kids and i know he looks like you know i i do i do like the. i think sometimes allison williams it's really hard to make her look as old as she's supposed to be yeah they gave her like kind of almost what i thought it was was like they put extra skin on like her neck and stuff to make it look like she has neck wrinkles but like Allison Williams is like absolutely stunning. And yeah. so it's really not that old people can't be make... stunning, but it's hard. No, it's no, tough. no. It's just hard no, to get, make yeah. her look older. But I did appreciate the efforts. And actually, I do have a superlative later that we have to get yeah. out to like who we thought had the best old timey makeup because okay, great. overall, I think for the most part, specifically Hawk, I thought they did a really good job at making him look older. I agree. Cause then once I was like, wait, he's like, he has a, his son is here. And then, and so it took me a while. And then I was like, okay, I, now I think I get, I, I messaged you being like, this is basically it. Like fifties, they meet seventies. He's the priest and he's almost, he's at the cabin. He meets Jackson. Then the like fire Island stuff is like the seventies. And then the eighties is like, Tim is sick. sick. Yeah. And so that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. Um, but um, I don't know if I love the choice to go back and, and would forth, you appreciate it, it more if it was chronological so here's the thing. I don't know if I if appreciate or not, because one of the things I'm trying, like I, I do this a lot. And I've noticed where I'm like, this is how I would have done it. And I feel like that's so, I don't even know if that's fun to listen to if you're a podcast listener, because <laughs> it's like, well, they didn't make it that way. So who cares? But nevertheless, I, I try really hard to be like, I don't know all the decisions that go into making the show. I, I haven't read yeah. the book. I don't know. So I, I don't know that I would have appreciated more, but I do think there's a way in which like, I'll just say like, I don't know that it totally worked for me this way Mm -hmm. that they did it. And part of that is like, I guess the idea that he, that like he's with Lucy in that time period, I feel like takes some of the weight out of like, I almost wonder whether there could have been more Mm -hmm. suspense and maybe that's not what they actually want. Like, is it better to know that there's this reality where like every moment you see Tim and Hawk together you have to brace yourself like you're not brace yourself, but you you know in the back of your mind like this will not work out because you know that in the 80s hawk is with lucy they are like he's planning to go to milan right so so that's always like and i wonder actually if that makes it like like that sounds like it would make it more sad but actually i wonder if it's less sad because like you're but the ultimate finale to the show of like he does kind of go back to tim and we do get the reveal like lucy ultimately does leave hawk yeah um that's the fun so like they do you do get that moment where then he can sort of but it's it's literally not until tim dies uh because it's not until he's sick that he goes back and that's when lucy finally realizes, okay enough is enough i need to leave i need to be on my own right that he that she leaves him therefore allowing him to not be like and it's at a time period where it's it's not that it was like the most acceptable to be out but it's yeah, but more now acceptable it's to be out it's the 80s yeah so um 
but it's not until that moment that then he can be out. And so I, I don't know. I don't, I, 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 the fact that it confused me and I feel like I watch enough TV that I shouldn't be confused. And it's, so it's maybe, I don't know. I, I definitely don't know if I loved the cutting back and forth. Yeah. Lines, but. I think I had an easy enough time tracking it. I agree with you that at first when the grandkids are running around, I thought they were his, his children. It didn't take me too long to, to adjust though. And I felt like for them. Okay. It's kind of weird because it seems like a lot of it is like one timeline is moving forward chronologically. And the other timeline is just the eighties at the end. So to me, it was easy enough to kind of go back and forth. Um, and like I said, I thought the hair and makeup was good enough to, to, to accept the finale when we then go back to the fifties. Right. We do. Yeah. We do go all the way back to the fifties. Yeah. But I, I don't know. It worked for me. I, I didn't mind it. And I didn't mind knowing that they weren't going to end up together in my, in my opinion, as soon as we find out that Tim is sick and that it is, you know, AIDS related, HIV related, um and he's and we see him sick and it's like whoa okay there is yeah. no getting better for him like this is it this is going to be yeah. it's very much a tragedy at the end um i kind of was already prepped for them to quote unquote like not end up together in in whatever form that looks like um but yeah i don't know i don't know like i i enjoy i, I enjoy a non-linear story most of the time especially when it's told like this i kind of Sometimes I take joy in like, okay, now I need a timeline of like the order of mm. operations. I I almost don't mind. Hey, and I enjoy putting my it favorite show is dark. I you yeah, know you do, I'm you fine do with that. The, I'm fine with a nonlinear timeline. I just don't know if this one was was uh, the one for was it. The one for it. Yeah. 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 Um. But yeah, I just overall I couldn't. I don't know. I just part of me felt so sad for Tim because. I mean, let's face it. In the very beginning of the story, Hawk is totally an F-boy. Like, that is who he is. Like, Marcus warns Tim. Everyone seems to warn Tim, like, stay away from Hawk. Like, he's... Tim is that, like, sensitive guy who gets his heart broken because he's so nice. And Hawk is, like, a playboy almost, right? Where he's, he's a bachelor and he's known for not really you know um you know uh what is it uh just you know hit it quit it kind of mentality and but it's there's something about tim that he is drawn to i don't know if it's the fact that he orders a glass of milk at a bar i have so many questions about why someone would order a glass of milk at a bar um why (laughs) oh uh, it's because he loves milk (laughs) it was in honor of harvey milk it was so years before he got into office (laughs) There's a video I saw the other day, Jess, that was like, it was a video being like this guy who like, he comes on the TikTok and he's really mad. And he's like, so yeah, we found out John Ford yeah. invented the Ford car. We we learned that like, you know, Joe Toaster, but I don't even know, but he invented Joe the Toaster. toaster. Invented and the it's toaster. like, it, like I've been lied to all these years and it's a photo of Harvey Milk. And the joke is like, the man has just learned that Harvey Milk did not invent milk. And I don't know why that made me laugh so much, but it, but it really incredible. did. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I... Yeah, I mean, uh, this this show. Yeah, so Tim, be, I I I do the thing I love about their dynamic is this is a you know it's funny because it, the show, as I'm saying, like it goes back to the 50s and like is this a story we you know we we've had this story so many times, but part of the thing why this story gets told so many times is uh, being queer is such uh, you know it is such a unique experience in terms of um, how you navigate the world, and so this this is true i've been in this situation before where like what tim wants is this idea that this thing that society will never get and he's he's a he's an optimist and hawk is a realist and hawk is being like if we do all the things you want to do it's dangerous we will get arrested uh we will we will be we will be fired from our jobs and so um uh and then the other piece about hawk being that that like realist and it's so unfortunate because like when i was having this conversation i remember there was someone i was like seeing in university when i before i came out as trans and i was out at the time as like gay and this person wasn't and he was like i will net like i like like literally i will marry a woman and like my my parents want grandkids i will marry somebody i will just live secretly i actually don't know whether or not this person has ever come out or not but they were so sure that that was their their future mm-hmm. and that was like 20 what years did i go to school that's like uh late 20 like 2010 so like ish. yeah like yeah. 2010 2011 whatever so um you know that's the reality for people at the time like it was still scary i always say this thing about um you know you said that like yeah it's not like it's 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 not as dangerous as it was to be queer but it doesn't mean the danger's gone away and i remember right. Um, all the time I was the, 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 like one of the hardest times of being queer, I think for queer people is the time between when you know you're queer, because like you, like, you know, we all do the thing. There's a joke that we talk about on heart supper pod where he searches like, am I gay? And it's like, that's a real thing that you do. You like are question, even yeah. if you're just, like, questioning yourself, you're like, uh Oh, like, what if I am? And then there comes a moment where you're like, Oh shit, I am like, I am bi, I am gay. I am trans, whatever. And you, you internally know the answer that it's true. The worst time for you as a queer person is from that moment until the first time you tell somebody where hopefully it's an, or like the first time you tell somebody who is supportive of mm-hmm. you being that way. Right. So that to me um and so all of that time and basically what you have to do in that time is think okay it's worth it for me to come out it i you know my life will be happier if i'm out than if i stay in the closet and so hawk has this this but we're like for him the wager for as long as he's a gay man alive in like 50s 60s 70s 80s it's not until i think the 90s when he goes to the quote memorial that's the time where he's like okay i can be i can be like fully out even the time he's at fire island he wants to give his, the house 
to to Tim and Tim, Tim clocks yeah. like that's so that your family, if you, when you kill yourself, when you die, your family won't find a secret house on Fire Island yep. and think you were gay. Like that's how deeply rooted his internalized homophobia is. And I think we see a lot of it in his when he goes back home uh, and 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 confronts his his father who's dying. His yeah. mother basically says, "I want you to come back home and apologize to your dad." And basically, you know, not in so many words, it's because his father walked in on Hawk and his first love uh, in a sexual encounter. Uh, and his father, of course, is is very uh, homophobic and is very against this. And it's so interesting. Hawk is a very interesting character because while he is very closeted and, uh, you know, there's a lot of kind of self-hatred that is explored in the show, he also at a certain point is very much like this is who I am and deal with it. Dad, you know, he refuses yeah. to apologize. Yeah, so good. I, I, I love that moment for as much as I think that it's like not the answer I would want a mom to give her son. Now. I also, I also kind of love the scene with him and his mom where she's kind of telling him like he should do something that he doesn't believe in, but she fully acknowledges like you actually don't have to believe your apology, but you should, you should take you just your have to do money. the apology. Yeah, and yeah, I exactly. Kind of love it. I kind of well, love especially it. because we get the vibe and we don't have a ton of interaction between Hawk and his family, but you get the vibe that the mom is like not super happy in the marriage, but she's like, but I chose this and I'm happy oh. with my decision because basically she married him for his money is kind of yeah, what she says she gets all the things that she wants out of she yeah. wanted from her life but she just has to be married to yeah. this awful dude and it's it's so huh. interesting because when you contrast that with hawk's relationship with lucy and i will say as someone who watched all of girls and saw allison williams in that i feel like she did a really lovely job in this show um as the character of lucy who is a kind of a complicated character when you think about it, right? She she's the daughter of a, a senator, and yeah. that's how she kind of meets Hawk to begin with. It feels very um like oh, their parents kind of always expected they would get married. It's very much arranged, if you will, and she always knows there's something up with him, but she's willing to kind of deal with it because this is the life she wanted. She wants a marriage. She wants children. She wants all of these things, and she does want Hawk to be involved in those things. So she's kind of willing to overlook a lot of what he's doing outside of, of their marriage. And I really did appreciate the kind of ending that Lucy gets where she says like, you know, she, she meets with Tim. I thought it was fascinating their conversations because it's so awkward mm -hmm. <laughs> um, to be, to me meeting someone who's like your uh, partner's lover, if you will. Um, I appreciated her saying, like, I'm going to stay with, you know, our daughter until I kind of get on my feet. I'm going to do what's good for me now, uh, because the other side of this story is like, you know, uh, you know, this, it's a very small, small, small part of this story as it should be. But like women's stories as well. And like the fact that she has to be married to him, you know what I mean? Like, it's not this is not a time where like divorce is as common until she's until it's the 80s. We also kind of get a little bit more female stories in the the lesbian storyline, which I also really loved because that was a little bit of like the twist, right? Yeah. Where Hawk says, you're Tim, you were going to write this letter to Mary yeah. pretending that you're in love and on and on and on. And then Mary can use that letter to basically throw her girlfriend under the bus and be like, I never knew she was gay. 
right. and he's like, she won't do that. And that's exactly what she does. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it's okay for you to be like, you know, that there maybe could have been more for, for Allison Williams character there for a very long time. I, there's a bunch of stories recently where like, um, the stories actually are kind of, and I won't spoil what they are, but there's a bunch of them right now that are like, actually, this is like, you think this is a story about a gay man, but actually it's going to be like almost as much about like the person um, that, that he's with in terms of like the, like, you know, his beard essentially. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a, there's a few of them. There's a few of them that have come out over the last little while about the woman in that position. And I feel like one of the things where we've advanced to is this idea that like, uh, I think in the past, these stories have been written like the woman being like, I had no idea. But all these stories are like, no, no, these women like, no. And there is a reason why, like, it's it's it would almost be at the time. It's like as embarrassing to be like, I divorced him because he's 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 gay. Like, well, how did you not right. know he was gay? Right. There's almost would be as much scrutiny on you. And I actually do think they could have gone a little deeper with with um with with lucy because i i i do kind of want more out of like what are the things she is getting from hawk that she she does want to to keep yeah we don't get a ton of the happy times in their marriage which you just have to assume are there and the other thing while we're touching on kind of hawk's family in general while i think the story of jackson is very tragic it felt a little rushed to me. I almost wish yeah. we had gotten more of more interactions between Jackson and Hawk because we, you know, we get the moment where Jackson runs away from the party. He, he meets Tim at the cabin and he reads Tim his poetry. And you, you know, that Jackson is a very deep kid. You know, he has a lot of emotional baggage. Uh, I imagine he was dealing with like depression, anxiety, what have you. I, I think, I don't know. It feels like they possibly hinted it. Maybe he's questioning his own sexuality in, you know, as teenagers often do pretty much every mm-hmm. teenager ever. Um, but it's, it's really tragic that then they have him, you know, he overdoses and obviously the result is like Hawk goes to Fire Island and is really struggling to even attempt to deal with it. I almost just wish we had a little bit more of Jackson and like, their his relationship with hawks specifically i feel like it would have made it even a bigger impact uh, his death would have been an even bigger impact on the show yeah i definitely agree um so yeah but i i do think like the stuff that's you know the the fire island stuff i actually think is like is is one of the more interesting things of the show where like tim is is pretty set up in his life he's a so he's a clinical social worker and hawk is sort of like falling apart um and just trying to do trying to numb everything um Mm -hmm. with with drugs and alcohol and sex basically um and so i thought that that was um i liked that episode and, and tim kind of being like Maybe there's something I can do. Maybe I need to like come down to Hawk's level and and well, do yeah, because he calls because Hawk calls him like basically a goody two shoes. Like, right. oh, you right. won't have any fun. And I also think it's an example. Tim is like a little jealous because Hawk 100%. is there with another guy, and so 100%. it's kind of like, oh well, maybe I should hang around a little bit and play in the mud. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I really enjoyed that episode, and I found it really fascinating yeah. to finally see Hawk break down. In a way that I felt like we had seen Tim do a few times, but you know, breaking Hawk's veneer is really tough. You know, he's a really tough exterior. I um, wish he didn't yeah. choke Greg. I feel like I feel like Hawk 
to the show like he'd make some some decisions but it's so hard when the, the main character of the show is like physically abusing another you're like yeah that's rough what a rough oh, and I like yeah yeah and it chokes him um just one more i want to go back the, the piece that i think actually would have been the most interesting to explore with lucy and i think that the lucy kim conversation when she goes to visit him in san francisco is so good and i thought it was so fascinating this idea of this man who is in the middle of the two of them and the way in which she sees it doesn't really matter how they see each other but the way that you know she's looking at him like this is the man who kept like luring my not luring my husband away but like my husband kept running to yeah and 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 the same thing is for applies to tim of like what okay I, i'm meeting lucy and why this is the woman who hawk kept running back to right like who kept it kept yeah. keeping him from you know what he assumes i think what we assume at the end of like he could have been an out gay man at the at the cost of lots of things at the cost of maybe not being a father maybe not and his not job being, too like that not, yeah the other yeah. thing i think the show maybe possibly could have done a little bit like tightened it up a bit would be why is it so important that that hawk works in the government right like they, oh i think they do that exceptionally well and uh, but I, I first want to say the what just one last piece about lucy yeah. is that her brother gets caught her brother is gay yeah her brother gets caught and it actually causes her father to commit suicide and i actually think that there mm -hmm. is a lot which is um uh senator wellesley wesley smith is not a real character but lester c hunt is who is he's based on him, and, and this did happen so lester hunt's um son got caught um uh for basically what happened in the show and ultimately lester hunt uh killed himself and mm -hmm. so um it's so tragic this idea of like yeah this is what can happen to you if you if you get caught and actually these points maybe interrelate back to to why uh why i think they actually do a good job of why hawk mm -hmm. needs to work for the government specifically so the but i do wish they maybe were like that could explain why lucy is like very protective of hawk of like well worst case scenario i leave him and he gets outed and look what happened to my brother and my my yeah my bad things so, happen yeah, yeah is the answer and she has it's always the like well for the kids and blah 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 right like even when they're older and her daughter is literally pregnant she still will not admit like yeah. this is actually what's going on she basically is like ask your father is, yeah. is the answer she gives yeah. but to, to go to the wider story of like the people being closeted and all of that i thought it was so fascinating that to also include in here the the mccarthy and roy so this is my stuff. this is my point these yeah. two men show that the that there was a like whether or not it was right or wrong they're like mccarthy is probably more in the right cone gets fired um and refuses at the end of his life when he's dying of aids to reveal that he's dying of aids right but these two men believe the way to protect themselves is to to be as in as with as much power as possible and deflect and i think that well mm -hmm. um hawk is not in that camp although we learn that he kind of is when he outs tim, when he when he reports tim he is willing to awful. use yeah. the powers that he has in the government and it's almost this idea of like the keep your friends close keep your enemies closer thing of like Yes, it does seem like it's a huge risk to like work for the government, but we know that Hawk doesn't really actually care that much about the government. He says it in a in a conversation with Tim early on when Tim is trying to be like, "Yeah, but what about your family? Who are you? Do, are you religious?" And and Hawk is basically like, "No, I'm I'm a neutral person. That's how you avoid um, being caught in yeah. the middle of anything. Is just by being in the middle, but also by being in the government. Hawk can 
almost in a way like shield himself because then he knows like he's obviously in the loop when someone's being like yeah i'm gonna get reported i have to i have to like give a name and he gives the name of that like the guy who's just like moving boxes oh the guy who yeah who he slept with and then like yeah walks up to him at work yeah it's very dangerous but I hawk having power point. lets him lets him yeah shield himself from the potential that he would get uh you know he yeah would get it's caught. a good point it's just so dangerous like you're playing with fire you're like in the lion's den basically and i just it was uh, there are so many points in time in the series where hawk is just not a guy you want to root for because he is like doing things like turning tim in and you know what i mean like just getting people into trouble and not sticking up for his own beliefs similar to roy Cohn, who like you were saying like is so obviously in love with david shine and tries to get him you know out of the army and all of that and then you know we have mccarthy who wonderfully played by chris bauer i thought it was yeah. so funny to me that I mean, this guy's voice is so recognizable. Yeah. I just feel like I would recognize him anywhere. But yeah. they have that big old, you know, that big old, uh, what is it called? The fake nose. I forget yeah, the yeah, name yeah. of it. Prosthetic. Uh, prosthetic. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. On him. Same with the, you know, Will Brill playing Ward Cone. Um, but it's it's so interesting to then see. And I don't know if we, I, I'm again, I'm terrible with history. I, I tried doing some of my own research to see. It seems like there were a lot of rumors about McCarthy's sexuality. Um and all of that, yeah. him him not getting married until he was, like, very much pressured to do it and did it kind of out of nowhere. That is very true based on, you know, what we see in the show. There are a lot of historical events that are included in the show, which I really appreciated as someone who I consider myself to be, like, fairly uninformed on my uh, even American history. I'm not super well-versed in all of that. It always is something, like, when I watch The Crown, it like, I got to pause. I got to Google. Like, I felt like the show did a very similar thing for me where I'm yeah. pausing and Googling to see what actually happened versus like what has been kind of uh, exaggerated for the show or made up entirely for the show. And they had a lot of real life events kind of sewn into the show. Not, not only just with Hawk and Tim, but obviously with Marcus and Frankie and, and Frankie's like activist work. I yep. really, really enjoyed all of that. And I really enjoyed Marcus and Frankie's relationship and how they kind of represented Tim and Hawk in a little bit of a different way with the added layer of like having to deal with not only being gay, but being black and kind of all of that. It was so fascinating. Like, I don't know. I, I, I really enjoyed the show. I felt like it was such an, not an I don't want to say an easy watch because it was really tragic. Most, most every episode is like, there's some kind of tragedy happening, but it just felt like the way in which they told the story, the characters they used, the real life uh, events they used to kind of frame the story all worked really well for me even if like you were saying grace we it does kind of end in in a tragedy of sorts yeah. it is not exactly like the uplifting story that maybe like your heart stoppers are yeah. um, um yeah. john john Adovino <clears throat> um reached out to us to recommend we cover this show uh it was around the same day that we had recorded our previous pod and we were going yeah. to cover it so it was a a nice coincidence but um john had asked um, that we cover it and the recommendation was basically like you know uh specifically like as a canadian like being interested in hearing my uh like viewpoint on um like basically the the lavender scare and the, and the red scare mm -hmm. in the united states and i said oh it was here too. 
uh, I believe like almost 7,000, uh, more than 7,000 um, Canadian government officials were surveilled by the RCMP on at least on, on, on like uh, they had files on them um, mm-hmm. in the RCMP um, as being suspected to be LGBTQ. Uh, many of them then systematically removed um, uh, questioned by the government, just like uh, uh, Hawk was in this uh, in the show um, and then removed from the government. It's a pretty like, you know, awful thing. I remember I was we were watching we watched a documentary i think it was called pride and i remember it i was thinking about it because it talked about how um there kind of was this like pre like the christian evangelical uh movement in the united states getting really taking a hold that there was kind of this like a, a time where it was like a little bit safer to be lgbtq and how how that quickly got removed but every time i like think about that i'm like no, I think like this is so prevalent the whole time. There's such this panic about and and really this comes from the idea. Really, it's about communism. It's the idea that as a government employee, you could be susceptible to blackmail. Mm-hmm. Um, that if you're queer, they would be able to blackmail you into giving up secrets, American government secrets. And that was how they weaponized being able to um, use their homophobia. And it's so it's so awful that, it you know, there are pretty credible rumors i think that joseph mccarthy was was gay uh mm-hmm. or at least interested in men so you know anywhere on the spectrum um and that he then leads this effort to to remove queer people from from the government um is is so sad and i i don't look at mccarthy as a, a as a, as a victim um but also like you can't help but feel like that's internalized homophobia being like yeah. i need to do this thing to keep all it's deflection right so well they i mean they also yeah speaking of like the end with the quilt and everything roy Cohn's name was on it you know as like a it said what bully and victim right. i think were the words on it right it's, it's fascinating like right and i thought it was yeah. I, I have to admit that the McCarthy and, and Cone storylines were my least favorite, but that was mostly because I was so obsessed with, with Hawk and Tim that I just wanted to get back to their story as individuals. Yeah. Um, but they, I still think that the Roy Cohn and, and Joe McCarthy stuff was really well done as well. Yeah. I think so um, too. Yeah. Should we get into our superlatives? Let's do it. Okay. So. I have best scene as an option, as we we've kind of previously discussed. It's really hard to nail down like a specific episode that spoke to us. Do you have any specific scenes in mind for your? Yeah, favorite? there is. I don't know whether it counts as a scene. I really do like the conversation between um, between Lucy and Tim. But mm-hmm. there's, I don't know if I'd classify it as a scene. But this had one of my favorite endings to an episode in a very long time and it's mostly due to the end credit song they use it's episode three or four and i honestly can't remember but it ends on hawk and the song that plays is the great pretender by the platters that Mm. song my we would listen to it in the car all the time and that song is basically written about the idea that like a woman breaks up with a man and then he has to pretend that he's not in love with her but the idea that they use a song the great pretender being like queer closeted queer men in in america i thought was so friggin good and then i looked it up uh both dolly parton and freddie mercury have covered the song and i didn't know they existed and i just like sat in that moment of like yeah when you're the great pretender of like and the song that i have so much nostalgia for from when i was young and my dad would listen to 50s music on the yeah we'd listen to series you know 50s on Sirius or whatever and i just loved the song but i not listened to it or thought about it or remembered it in like you know 15 years and it just pops up at the end of the episode and then i'm like gave it an entirely new meaning of like what if this song what if being the great pretender is actually about 
being closeted and the fact that you can't be yourself, which mm -hmm. is like as a queer person who like was closeted for a long time, uh, even when I came out, I was still closeted because I didn't want to tell anybody I was trans, right? Like, like boy, that really hit me. And so mm -hmm. I don't know that I've I've I have had a moment of just like sitting in that of like what television can give you in a really long time of just like holy crap like that hit me um and so that, i know that sounds like it's not really a scene it's just like i, th I think Haw i can't remember what's happening at the end of the episode but it, mm -hmm. it has to do with hawk and then it cuts and it's like great pretender is like holy crap that's real good and then i just listen to the great pretender all day the next day um so yeah yeah, oh gosh, I have a hard time just picking one, but there's so many like Tim and Hawk moments, right? Because they just have like such great chemistry. I really loved the the ongoing mentions of the paperweight that Hawk mm -hmm. has that he gets on like a field trip with his his first love and he and he gives it to Tim and it kind of gets exchanged back and forth between them. Um, and so I, I don't know, that's not really a scene, but to me, I just, I really love that as in like an item that kind of passes back and forth. I guess mm -hmm. I'll go with for my scene as much as I feel like the Jackson stuff wasn't fully fleshed out. I loved the scene between him and Tim, uh, where they meet in the cabin and he, Tim reads his poetry and he says, you're like really, really gifted. Like you're really good at this. And they kind of have a heart to heart. And it made me feel for this kid who, cannot connect with his father he says like my dad is so strict he's so harsh i don't know how to connect with him yeah and i love that tim brings that back to hawk and he gives him advice about it you know because he is able he's a very empathetic and sympathetic character and he's able to connect with jackson in a way that hawk isn't um and i almost uh, the reason i like that scene is so much is because i'm like i wish there was a little bit more of it right like it felt yeah. like so fleeting um yeah. but I'll, I'll pick that scene just because i thought it was really informative of yeah who hawk is as a father even though we didn't get to see a ton of him yeah as a father you know yeah um i just looked it up it's this the ending of the episode is hawk going to get when he goes to visit knowing that tim is dying and has aids and he helped him out tim is like you should go get an aids test so he goes and gets an aids <gasps> test yes. and they're asking him like do you sleep and he's like no and i'm you know and even if i wear a condom or whatever and so it's him getting and like basically him pretending like even at, in his late, this is just before he's going to come out. Right. If you like look at it in the timeline. Yeah. So he's like, it's in the eighties and he's, he's kind of lying in his AIDS test. And then it cuts to like, I'm the great pretender. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I never hit. So uh, play so fast on the night. I was like, I don't think yeah. he's going to end up having AIDS, but I, I need to know, you know, <laughs> like immediately hit play on the next episode. One thing I did, I really, there's one trope I really hate in shows and I kind of get why it's it. But I was, when I was looking back to pick the episode, this one is uh, episode three, which is called hit me. I really hate the scene where he's like hit, like hit me, like, mm -hmm. uh, like, fought, like I get it. They hate it, like they hate themselves because they can't be out. And so, like, yeah, he wants yeah. to hit him it's because, little, like, yeah. I was like, oh my god, like I hate the more so I hate relationships where it's like two people who like hate each other and do it. So this is better, where at least like this is like self hatred manifesting. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, I really don't like it. But like, yeah, yeah uh next superlative i have is a favorite character best character all right i'll try to pick a different character than i think you're gonna pick uh, <laughs> i will pick hawk i think i i think i have always even though i'm like you know i'm i'm out and what i do think i saw i'm i'm more i for my you know it's weird is i think internally 
I feel like I view the world like Hawk. And for other people, I so desperately want to view the world for Tim. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but like, mm -hmm. it's, it's hard for me sometimes to feel like, like knowing the realities of the world. Like yeah, seeing... you're just more like cynical by nature, like Hawk is, you're saying. Yes. And so like yeah. seeing that, like, even in Canada, there's like anti like the, the conservative government of Canada, yeah. um, the conservative party of Canada, I should say, is like voting on anti-trans legislation. I'm like, oh God, that sucks. So what does that mean for me and my safety? And then I'm like, no, but it, we have to fix it because we can't let like little trans kids die, you know? So I'm yeah. like, yeah. So, um, I'll go with Hawk as my favorite character. Yeah. I have to go with Tim. I, I love him. I I connected with this character as someone who I feel like probably like you said is drinks a lot of milk. Drinks a ton of milk. Um just I have a bit more I think as I've gotten older I've gotten a little bit more like hawk where I'm a little bit more cynical about the world. I'm a little bit more logical, which is I think how hawk tends to operate. He he's very logistical. Tim is much more leads with his heart and his gut and just wants good things and that's such an easy thing to say but you know i think hawk thinks that tim is naive and to a certain extent he is right like mm -hmm. when he does when when hawk and him really aren't speaking and he goes to that party with with mary and it turns out to be a ton of queer people like hanging out and getting to kind of be out in oh, their i love that group. scene i forgot it was about wonderful that right like yeah. He's a little and, and Hawk is like, why would you do that? You're putting yourself at risk. Like, are you stupid? You know, but it's Tim just wants to be himself and he wants to have fun. And I'm so sorry. I only I'm such a like simp for like a guy with round glasses too. something They're about great. That, glasses. Right. They're They're really good. Glasses. Yeah. He's such a fun, easily easy to love character you only want good things for tim jonathan bailey is incredible and then i watched an interview and i found out he was british and i was yeah, like british. well there we go you know did you see the, the i believe you shared this video where he, he did. They did an interview with a puppy with puppies where they're holding i puppies. love these interviews where they bring in puppies because nothing brings out your inner child like getting to play with puppies and then there's a dog that needs to be adopted and its name is it's is skipper skippy skippy so cute yeah. yeah. And he adopts the dog Skippy because he tells this whole story about when he was a kid, how he got told they were going to adopt a dog and they never yeah, did. Sad. He like overheard his mom on yeah. the phone or something and they never ended up getting a dog and he's always wanted yeah. one. Yeah. And yeah, he got a dog named Skippy. It's yeah. adorable. Um, I loved him. I thought he was uh, by far in a way the, the best character just because he's he, there's never a time where I wasn't rooting for him where there are times with Hawk where I, I get so frustrated with him as a character. Understandably so. Um, but yeah, I, I loved him. I thought he was adorable and lovely in, in all of the ways. Yeah. Um, okay. So the next category, I changed it. Originally I had like best old person makeup, but I want to widen it a bit because I want to say like best makeup in general, you know, cause we do have like McCarthy with the, with the nose of uh, Roy Cohn with the nose. You know what I mean? Like they did a lot of makeup on a lot of characters. So I'm kind of opening it, broadening it a bit, you know, Frankie with his wigs. Uh, we have Tim with Tim's wig when he was dying. I'm I, it was so bad when he was like older, Tim, yeah. it was so bad. Um, yeah, uh, I, I am quite in Roy Cohn's nose. He has a scar on his nose that, um, 
he he his mom made him get rhinoplasty i think when he yeah, was I googled kid. this yeah so yeah. this is a true story where she didn't like this little thing he had on his nose so she made him go to a plastic surgeon it was basically a botched job and so yeah. he forever had this scar on his nose as a result but then he kind of kept it as like you know uh as this like symbol like he, he actually didn't really want to get it fixed apparently so um, yeah yeah anyway um i think that, that one is really impressive i think because it's just like such a unique thing that they had to like you know make yeah i do think i do th- i do think uh it's hard because it's just because it's matt bomber he looks very good every time they he did looks. such a good job on over him. fox matt bomber yeah, I and I will yeah. say I think that they did the okay because like, comparatively to Lucy Allison Williams, yeah, I don't. It's really yeah. hard to make her look older. Yeah. I do think Hawk looked quite a bit older, and I think a lot of it was because they gave him that like, like liver spots that yeah. like people that yeah. are older tend to get. I thought his around his yeah. face, his skin, yeah. his yeah. hair, all of that looked really good. So I totally agree with you. I think Hawk is the the best one. He looks realistically the old you know like he's aged i i am partial uh to to tim's mustache he looks very good with the, the mustache, mustache kills me Some people... i was like this guy coming in looking like a porn star look at him look at him <laughs> this is from 70s san francisco you know he's hanging on a fire island you know yeah he just yeah. comes in with a mustache and i was like tim you can grow facial hair no you're just a baby face you stop it I like it. I do like it when these shows like need to do something so that like it's not as confusing as it could been where it's like he has to look different somehow. Like, shall he have a beard at this time? It's like, no, a mustache. Just the stash. I loved actually. I I kind of wish um, in a way like we could have got more of the 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 people who when when he comes in and like you don't look gay. It's like he looks like a lesbian. (laughs) Very funny. (laughs) Very good. Yeah. Um, okay. Are you ready to do our own superlatives? Yeah. Yeah. Um, show that makes me mad that I won't ever be afford a house, but all of the Hawk is able to afford several secret, (laughs) secret, secret (laughs) homes. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say show that made me most wish I was a gay man so I could date either oh, Matt Bomer yeah. or Jonathan Bailey. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Like, I was like, why couldn't I be a gay man? Look yeah. at them. They're gorgeous. <laughs> show that I loved, except every time Hawk was like, hey, Skippy. I was like, stop calling him Skippy. <laughs> I hated Skippy. I kind of hated Skippy's nickname, too. Can I, I'm just, I'm very anti pet name. And like, do whatever you want as long as it's consensual, right? Like, do whatever you want. I'm just so anti pet name. I'm like, it feels almost like demeaning or condescending because he's like, I have so much life experience and you're just a little Skippy boy. You well, know? Yeah, that's what he is trying to do. He is trying to like yeah. keep an, uh, a degree of separation. It's not until he like realizes he like, is probably in love with him yeah yeah um yeah i i was waiting for the moment where like he would say there would be something about like like hawk having been caught with something that was named skippy and and people not and him being like no no it's just a joke or whatever and then and then and then he would like call tim skippy in front and someone would be like oh he's you know like something like that i was expecting like when you use the pet name as like cover almost and then yeah but no i didn't get that no again look me me writing the show (laughs) grace i think you just need to write a show (laughs) i probably should just write some television (laughs) makes sense i watched Uh, a movie the other day mm -hmm. honest to god and i was like oh those are actually some of the and again i'm not blaming i'm not saying they stole it i'm not saying whatever i literally never wrote it and they did but i was like oh those are like some of the thoughts i've had about like 
yes, I think that that is like one of my like most common thoughts. And I just saw them in a, about like the world. I was like, oh man, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> they stole it from my brain. Well, they didn't steal, but I was like, I probably should have tried to write something. So I like, yeah. you know, had it on paper. You yeah. should have got to it first. Oh, well. Uh, are we ready for the theme song ranking? Yeah, I have a hot take. Please give me your hot take. It's the best one. That is a spicy take. It's, you know, the music is is the music. The thematically, it's so good. It is yeah. images of queer people in, you know, the 50s, 60s, whatever. And then the credits are the redaction black that you see on legal documents when they're you're told when when you get something and it's been redacted it's so friggin clever and it's often like over their faces over their bodies yeah thematically it really works i think the problem for me is like the music itself isn't necessarily memorable it's kind of like it is very thrillery i will say like it feels appropriate for the genre because it's like it's like and they have a little bit of like some strings in there um i feel like the images are better than the music but i do think it's very good i will say i tended i tended to skip it just because it was a bit on the long side and i was binging i watched a lot of these episodes in a row and so i was like i've I've done this a lot okay so fine so it can't be unskippable but i think it should be the best and pretty good i agree with that i'm totally cool with that because i think it's better than the fall of the house of usher and i do think like the continental has better a better score, but not as good imaging. So then I would put this above that. I would, I think this is going to sound really silly, but for me, so we're putting in our second highest category, basically the top being unskippable. This one being, being pretty Pretty good. good. Yeah. The thing for me of the continental is that like both the music and the imagery are like basically like a B plus for me, the imagery on this is an A plus. And then the music is probably like a B minus. So it's like, they're like the same, but like the highs of fellow travelers is so much higher. Than, yeah. Than the continental. Yeah. yeah I like I, it. I we, like the it. only thing we have an unskippable is Scott Pilgrim, which I, I, you know, I, I, I'm obviously biased here because I think it's like, it also, for me, I'm just like, holy crap. That's such like the fellow travelers imagery. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that is so clever. And in the world where I feel like so many title credits have been doing the same thing over and over again, like the crown rings of power, the wheel. T- it's all like, Things that are making a thing, you know, that's like this very common yeah, at the moment. Leaving the Last of Us feels similar to that as well. They all kind of have the same vibe. The fellow travelers one, I was like, oh my god, real images of weird, real queer people, like recorded, they existed, but they were redacted. Is so friggin' good as a title credit theme. It's yeah, so good. Yeah. Anyway. So, all right, and pretty good. Top of uh, that's the best one we've had in a while, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so next week. We are going to be covering a murder mystery. We have a murder at the end of the world. It's on Hulu. It's on Disney plus for some international folks. So I'm not exactly sure. Try to find it. Uh, It is a another psychological thriller this time drama, which I think this one was also drama. Uh, It has Emma Corinne as an amateur detective who attempts to solve a murder at a secluded retreat. Big, um, and then there were none kind of vibes, I would say, based on yeah. the 
based on the synopsis. I've watched the first couple episodes. I thought I think it's very good so far. Uh, Harris Dickinson, who if you watched uh, Triangle of Sadness, he's also going to be in the Iron Claw movie, which is a wrestling movie that's coming out uh, on on Christmas Day. Clive Owens in this. Uh, yeah, I think it's a good little cast. It's what we love to talk about here on Post Recaps, which is it's got a mystery. So we're going to try and love it, mystery. except we're going to spoil it right at the beginning of the pod. Let's yeah, so that. make sure you watch it before you listen to the podcast. Yeah, I mean, like, Dodoy, but still. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what we're covering next week. Uh, don't forget to subscribe. As we said before, posterrecaps.com slash full spoiler recaps. If you want to see everything we have going on, posterrecaps.com slash subscribe. If you want to do uh, ratings and reviews, of course, five stars. We totally appreciate that. And if you want ad-free podcasts, go to patreon.com slash recaps. You can join our Discord where we're having tons of fun chatting about everything. And uh, yeah, Grace, what else do you have? Uh, what else do you have going on? Uh, I'm talking a lot of TV at the moment, the end of the year, Fargo, uh, The Curse, The Crown. Um, what else do I got going on? Movies each week with Ariel. Yellowstone comes back in January. And then this, of course, with you. So, yeah, I'm on social media at High From Grace. You can find me at The Joe Sterling. I'm on a couple of these 2023 in review podcasts. Uh, I will be talking about Succession very soon. And Grace and I are going to be talking about the state of HBO with Jason Reed. So that should be a ton of fun. Uh, beyond that, you could hear me over on Shit 90 Shows Taught Me where we're talking about Felicity as well as some Christmas content so close to the holidays. So check all of that out. And uh, yeah, until next week, you've been fully spoiled. And you've been fully recapped. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.